And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the big hawk. What's up, everybody? It's a big hawk. It is hot as hell out. Uh, it's not going to get any colder, so buckle up. We've got a great pod coming for you. I'm super excited to be with my guy, Sleep Dog, before he heads off out of the country to Italy. So uh, he's going to be taking a break. But hey, man, I'm, I'm happy to be here with you. Just ecstatic. Oh, dude, couldn't be more ecstatic. And guys, stay tuned, because uh, if you ain't following us on Instagram, you really missed out on my Alaska trip. Well, guess what? Now I'm going to a foreign country with my in-laws. So stay tuned. It's going to be even better. Might have to block my mother-in-law. We've had a little, you know, uh, we had to set the stage a little bit and, and help them understand uh, where these messages are truly coming from, which isn't from the heart, it's from the mind. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here today, just besides the fact that there's like not a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, got game five, be night as you're listening to it. That's going to um, really seems like a foregone conclusion at this point. I'm going to put the nail in a coffin, old Big Hawk. I'm going to have pegged it, it seems. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, Lionel Messi comes to the MLS dude of all places uh to ex- you know continue his I don't know man I don't know a lot about soccer but I think he's like probably the best player in the history of soccer and now he's going to play in the MLS which is probably the worst league in the history of soccer um no shots fired there just calling it is for what it is we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit and probably segue into the Saudi connection about this whole live PGA thing some more details have come to light as to why that took place and it's posed some interesting questions uh, for old sleep dog, man. There's some there's some fascinating angles that you can look into that uh, announcement as to why it happened. We might get into some hard knocks because there's a few interesting teams that are uh, jockeying to potential. Well, they're probably jockeying to stay out of it, but I think there's four or so teams that could potentially be uh, a part of hard knocks and a couple of them. Hard knocks is one of those things. I used to live for it. When you're in, you're in college, like, dude, hard knocks is like the best thing on TV. And you get a little older, and it's just like, all right, dude, I've seen this story before. Shitty team doesn't make playoffs, rinse, repeat. But this year, yeah, there's a couple storylines that, that could get really, really interesting. But we'll dive into that, cookie review a lot more. But let's start with game five. Um, <clears throat> Denver, I mean, the Heat won game two in Denver and just got smoked, it seemed, the both of the um, – you know, games in Miami. I don't know, man. Jokic is – everybody knew he was good. I just don't ever think anybody appreciated how good he is. Uh, Jamal Murray's a great player. We talked a lot about it. But they seem to have, like uh, – they were playing so, so well. And then there were, like, two games where all their supporting cast was a little iffy or whatever. And I, I blame that layoff. I think that they had a long time to to wait and rest, and it didn't take them long, it seems to kind of get back on track. They are just kicking Miami's ass, and I just don't see any way that uh, this game, this series goes longer than uh, than tonight as you're listening. So I don't know. What are your thoughts, Big Hawk? The series is over, period. Uh, five games, they got lucky they won one. Listen, Miami is an eight seed for a reason. Uh, and, and Jimmy, you don't, don't forget, Jimmy's unbelievable. But Denver as a whole team, they have really good pieces. Jamal Murray's unbelievable. Aaron Gordon's been playing really well. Um, you know, they have veterans, uh, good team all around. Even Christian Braun, their rookie, mm-hmm. came in, uh, did a lot of great things for him. It's just uh, they have too much power. Like I said, there's, there's really not a lot of um, 
listen, you can talk X's and O's and you can dig- digest this whole game, but the when it comes down to it, Denver's a better team all around. And also they have Jokic. And I'm with you. It, to me, it's like Jokic is the best player in the world. The one year that you think he's the most deserving of the MB- <laughs> MVP, he doesn't get it. it it's just like, I don't understand uh, this whole MVP voting. And it's, it's kind of crazy because some of the great players have kind of gotten snubbed of some MVPs because, uh, hey, this guy had a really good season and there's a lot of media pressure to give it to or vote for this guy. But in reality, Jokic has been unbelievable. People just got just got used to watching greatness and they wanted to vote it. They want to vote a different way, in my opinion. And the one knock has been Jokic really hasn't won in the playoffs. Now that he's winning, he doesn't have the MVP. It's kind of, kind of funny how it works, but no, this game, this game is over. Denver's going to win their first title. Uh, it's great for the city. And also for me, I, I think it's great for the NBA because uh, you have a team that, isn't a major market winning. It's not the Lakers. It's not the Knicks. You know, this is a small market team, a team that's never been to the finals. And, you know, it's not like a free agent destination. So this is great. Dude, Jokic in 19 games in the playoffs is averaging 30, 13, and 10. He's averaging a triple-double in the entire playoffs. 30.1 points, 13.3 rebounds, 9.8 assists. I mean, dude, this guy is unstoppable. And, of course, he's shooting 54% from the field, 46% from three. And he's taking four threes a game. So he's hitting two a game. Uh, 80% from the line. I mean, this dude just – he scored 572 points in the playoffs. Uh, doesn't turn the ball over much, you know? I mean, this dude is a stud. Like, I don't understand how, I mean, and he's, he's a great player and he's got good players around him. Um, I would, I would say that like, if you picked an all NBA team based on the playoffs, like, I don't think Jamal Murray, I can't remember if he finished on any of the all NBA teams, but he could, you could argue him like a third, all third team, all NBA, something like that. Um, and again, another guy that's kind of underrated. So it'll be interesting. And and I, I think also like their roster is constructed in a way that they're not like, you know, I don't think they're at risk of losing a lot of these guys. I mean, they might they might lose a couple of these these pieces. You mentioned Braun, you got that guy on a rookie contract. There's been a lot of chatter from the Warriors fans about, well, damn, this guy, this guy looks a lot like what Jonathan Kaminga could have looked like if you give him some damn playing time. And, <laughs> and I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the same comparison given the, the way the roster structure, but yeah, he's, he's contributing, man. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, Kaminga's his upside's much, much greater than sure. Braun. I'll just put it out there. But <laughs> Braun and listen, Braun's going to be, he's a good player, but Kaminga, his ceiling is much higher. His potential is higher. Braun, what you got to think about is he's, he, he was under a great college coach, Bill Self, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a long time yeah. and much more mature player. Probably, you know, it's probably a little bit older than Kaminga, too, which yeah. people don't really put together. Yeah, there's I mean, and that's the other thing, too, about these college guys and, and getting into a, a, a play, you know, a late first round picks, man, or can be super valuable. I think Denver's got a roster of guys that seem like they'll be in the NBA for a really long time. Most mm-hmm. of them already have been. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think a casual fan doesn't appreciate. Right. Some dude that's been in the league eight, nine, ten. I mean, dude, Harrison Barnes, I think, has only been in the league like 10 years. He's only 30 or 31. Right. Like and and. Dude, I don't think, you know, even a Carolina, like Harrison Barnes doesn't like jump off the page at you as like, I don't know that he, I don't think he's ever been an all-star. He's won a championship, but that dude is a very, he's a starter, right? On, on very important 
rosters and, <laughs> and guys like that make a huge difference. Um, and I think Denver, you know, Aaron Gordon, Porter Jr., you know, a lot of uh, Caldwell Pope, like some of these guys aren't like, you know, you're not collecting their freaking rookie cards or anything, but you know, they're, they're a big deal uh, when it comes to going deep in, in the playoffs. So here's, here's what I, I did actually uh, a little research, which is very, very unique for uh, me before the show. 35 teams have trailed 3-1 in the NBA Finals. 11 of them have actually come back to win the title. Five of those 11 didn't have home court advantage. The last team to do it was 2006 NBA uh, Miami Heat. With but they had Shaquille O'Neal, Dwayne Wade, and no no uh, no shots fired at Jimmy Butler because I think the dude's awesome, but he seems like he's pretty much alone in this. Adebayo's having a good series, but like Adebayo's just gonna get outmatched down low. They got too much size, and and, and it's not it's not Adebayo's fault, I don't think. But I just he's not enough. Yeah, well, I also think that there's a reason Adebayo is scoring because they're. They're allowing him, they're daring him to shoot at times. Mm -hmm. And it looks like Denver is very focused on guarding the three and kind of, you know, letting Jokic sag off of uh, Adebayo, which Adebayo is a very good player, but he's not a three-point shooter. Right. Uh, he does have the skill to bring the ball up and and run the break, but he's not a shooter. He's far from it. But uh, so it, when, you, when you say a team has been down uh, – one three mm -hmm. uh, in recent memory, and five of those teams have come back and have won. Haven't had home court advantage. That have not right. Eleven teams have won the title mm -hmm. down three one. Really now, yeah, I was really surprised by. I, that. I would say the most recent would be. Um, is it when LeBron came back yep. on twenty sixteen Cavs? Yeah. Yep, and that was. <laughs> <laughs> that was just an epic series, man. That was a great series. I, that was so weird because I don't think that ever. That's that's this is the thing about LeBron. And again, I mean, those of you that don't know this already, like I am a, I love LeBron. That's the thing I think gets lost. He's been in the league so long now. Speaking of longevity, that people forget just how good he was in those. I mean, dude, he went to the finals nine fucking years in a row. Okay, I get it. You want to argue Jordan's the best player of all time? Fine. You're not going to get an argument back from me. Um, my theory is is that 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 LeBron is the best player of all time, and Jordan is the greatest player of all time. And I'll let you decide what means what to you. Um, it's just that was one. I just that was like my peak LeBron fandom too. I mean, I you know I've I've come to like enjoy you know other storylines uh now that i've gotten a little older and i just really just enjoy the sport more and watching the nba and and not really i've always in the nba since jordan i've always been a players guy like i've never had a team i mean i guess i guess if you want me to pull for the hornets hell yeah i mean i hope the hornets do good but <laughs> mainly because jordan's there but i don't know i've never had a team it was jordan and then when jordan was gone lebron came along those you know those are the guys i follow now Kaminga carries a torch. Hopefully he'll last uh, <laughs> last more than two years in the league. But you know it, it's uh, it just it it does, man. It's hard for I think people to realize because there's great there's like like the Warriors have been great. I mean Steph mm -hmm. Curry's been great. They have a dynasty, right? And two years ago they weren't in the playoffs. You know, I mean to go to the finals nine straight times. And you go look. I mean they've had some good teams. They had good teams with LeBron. But you go look at some of those rosters. <laughs> that went to the NBA Finals. You go back and look at them now, and you're like, how in the hell mm -hmm. did they do it? So anyway, I just uh, side sidebar there 
uh it does it just goes to show just how good they were for a long time but i was i was surprised that 11 teams had come back from down 3-1 i just i dude i bet my freaking parents house and mine that that shit ain't happening this time i'd come close to betting that that, it, that this game doesn't go to this series doesn't go to game six yeah i don't see it going to game six i think it's a wrap in denver um, yeah. If it does go to Miami in game six, I think this is going to get interesting mm-hmm. uh, in particular because it seems like everybody's when everybody writes Miami off, mm-hmm. it's when they kind of come through. So it, it, there, it could be added drama if it comes through, but uh, I expect fully for the Nuggets to close this out uh, in Denver uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, it's super interesting because the way that the, the series is structured, like realistically, if you're Miami, if you can just win this one. Then you got home court, and then anything can happen in Game Seven. And I think it's a lot. I'm sure these numbers are much more, uh, you know, whatever thirty percent or so of teams have have won. The, I'm sure that percentage is much higher than than you know, baseball, for example. Uh, maybe hockey's different. I don't know. Um, anyway, we'll see. And by the time you hear from from me again, we'll have all forgotten who the hell won it anyway, because it'll be weeks from now. But uh, Lionel Messi going to the uh, MLS is a really interesting story. Now, of all of the soccer fans in the world, my guess is you could put me and Big Hawk together and not, I don't even, not, not get a lot of soccer knowledge, dude. I couldn't tell you. Ted Lasso makes me feel like I've learned more about soccer I've learned more about soccer from Ted Lasso than I've learned since I was like five years old, you know, picking buttercups in the field while, you know, they run around the ball. I don't know shit about soccer. I know this is a big deal, though. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I, hell, sleep. I don't know a damn thing about <laughs> soccer. I, I, I don't, I mean, <laughs> so here's I, the deal. I, if, listen, if I was going to play soccer, I'd want to play soccer in Miami. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, weather's good year round. Uh, it's a great, you know, there's a, there's a nightlife. Um, you know, it's, um, it's one of the more popular cities in the U S so, uh, why not? But I don't know. You're not going to see me, see me at any games. If you, I, I dude, I'm gonna challenge you on that. Cause here's, mm-hmm. here's where I'm going with this here in a second. So I think if you were to play soccer in America, maybe you'd play in Miami, but you'd probably play anywhere else in the world if you were like a legit soccer player. So it's really, really interesting that Messi comes to the MLS. He joins Miami, okay? As soon as he leaves the club he's on, they lose like millions of followers on social media. As soon as he joins Miami, they gain millions of followers, okay? All the tickets reportedly sold out. They play in Charlotte. So Charlotte has a pro team. And my buddy, I got a buddy that called me up. was like, hey, man, you guys need to come up here for this game October 21st. I was just like, damn, I didn't even think of that. But he's like, I mean, that's Bank of America Stadium. They sold this shit out, right? And then, so so the crazy part to me is, obviously, uh, the interesting part of this, and why we're even talking about it, it has nothing to do with Messi, has nothing to do with soccer, has nothing to do with, you know, the MLS, is the, is the money, right? I mean, holy shit. So reportedly, the Saudis offered him between 400 and $600 million per year, okay? And he turned it down. He just won the World Cup. All right. They won the World Cup with Argentina, and it was like all this buildup because I guess he had never won. I think he had lost in a final. Again, not a soccer guy. He's playing for Paris. Dude, like, I mean, this guy's living it up. Saudi's offering four to $600 million a year. Miami's revenue 
their club's revenue in 2022 was 56 million dollars. This dude just got just turned down 10 times what this club is even the money it even generates, not what it nets, what it grosses to come here. And so the rumor is is that the deal structure includes equity in the club, which they rumor to be worth $600 million. So so picture this. I'm Lionel Messi. The whole thing you can't you can't like dream of enough money to afford me somehow, right? Not only that, you've got this competitive offer that makes me, I mean, even for rich people, that's rich, right? And so they're going to give him, I think, the rights to purchase part of the club. And here's the kicker on that, what makes it so interesting. So the club's worth 600 million bucks. Well, they say when he comes, it should double. <laughs> so like my like my presence, so it's like, it's this is weird Um thing here and so i'm sure he'll have the ability and they're basically saying that that stake would take the deal to probably like 120 million dollars a year so so you're you're like duct taping shit together to get this guy 120 mil which is still less than half of what's reportedly offered to him then apple and adidas basically are cutting him in on their deals uh, or, or he's cut in on deals like with with Adidas. He's getting like a revenue share of apparel deal that deals with his his you know coming to the MLS. And there's something going on with Apple. They brought him them in as a sponsor. It's it's a sports money. They'll teach this shit in college for a long time about sports marketing and you know how to land this. And it's just amazing because because the and this is the last thing I'll kind of say and I'll I'll turn over to you and, and get your thoughts. But basically. You know, I remember, I don't know how long ago this was now when David Beckham came to the MLS and, and everybody thought that was, and there was like Ibrahimovic or whatever that guy's name is, who's like, all right, these are people I've heard of, but like Beckham was a star, but he was done, right? His career was, this was like a farewell thing. Messi's still very relevant. He's only like 35 years old. So, I mean, he's still a good player, like a sought <laughs> after, like he's still worth half a billion dollars a year. So it's interesting because, you know, could could this change the course of history for the MLS? I, I mean, I'm going to have to see some results from it first. Like you said, I'm not going to start watching on TV, but he shows up to Charlotte and you're damn right I'm going to go. I mean, why not? Yeah. Um, just because it's kind of like, you know, seeing fucking... Adele or something, right? Like, all right. I mean, I'm a big Adele fan, but I mean, I ain't, like got her on my playlist. Adele, Adele's different. Yeah, Adele, going to Taylor Swift. I mean, I'll go to see T Swift. He's T Swift. She's she's probably a better performer. Probably doesn't have the voice of Adele though. Dude, I'm telling you, I I don't know why Adele popped in because Adele. Yeah, I'm I'm a she's got an unbelievable voice. Very fan. elegant, yeah. classy. Love it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully one day in my life I can go see Adele because I. I would really like to see her in person. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be a great concert. My point there is it's one of those, he's one of those people where I might not like soccer. Like, no, I mean, but I, I go see it because it's like, Hey, yeah. I realize that I'm, this is a greatness and it's an opportunity to see it in person. So, yeah. So what you're saying here is basically, uh, Adele for singing, yeah. uh, and messy for soccer. Two great, two, two yeah. great all time performers. Well, singers, not performers. She's a singer. Uh, I wouldn't, she does a good performance. I would put Celine Dion in there as well. She's got an unbelievable voice. Mm. Just to throw it out there. Can't I love sing her anymore. You hear that? What? She's uh she's had uh I think she has some sort of 
very rare disease or disorder where uh, she had to cancel her her tour and and can no longer go on tour anymore. Man, I'm at that awful. age, man. Like I think younger everybody, most of the people that listen to our pod are in our age range. Yeah, but yeah, old Celine Dion, man. And we were talking about this over the weekend. You know who's underrated? Little glorious stuff. Yeah, she got a great voice. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. It'll be the rhythm of the night. You can't really pronounce much of it, but you don't need to. Yeah, you, you know it. Uh, yeah, you just mumble it, it. It, Here's what I th- I think about Messi coming to Miami. It would be kind of sort of like if Jordan said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go play in Europe. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? And to me, on the surface, it doesn't really make sense. But once you do the investigation and you dissect the details and you sort the data, kind of like Sleep Dog has, you understand, oh, yeah. hmm, this is a business decision. He has a chance to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. He's already made millions and millions of dollars. But listen, Messi is about the money at this point in his life. I mean, he is, I, I, does it change the course of the, hell yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Because you could see more deals like this done uh, in other cities and it presents an opportunity for them as the MLS to really get on the the big stage. Because let's, let's just be honest, American soccer really hasn't been taken serious. Uh, and so now it kind of gives us some relevancy. So I, I am uh, interested to see how this works. Uh, and uh, I don't know, sleep dog. Maybe we have to watch some soccer and cover some soccer on I here. wear the scarves and just stretch them out and the diamond dogs and meet, yeah. meet with the diamond dogs once a, mm-hmm. once a quarter, something like that, man. I don't know. Ted Lasso, dude, really did it for me. Now that's how I envision soccer is Ted Lasso. And who knows, man? Maybe it's a Ted Lasso thing. Maybe maybe Messi was watching and was like, you know, there's a future for this sport in America. Um, I'd be really interested to see what the numbers of the MLS have been because there are – it does feel like the sport's getting more popular, but I just don't know that it has like, you know, legitimate staying power. But mm-hmm. you know, I have no idea. But yeah, there's one way to find out. You just drop the best player in the world in the league while he's yeah. still good and find out. And that's, I guess, if I'm him, that's, yeah, you're right. It's like, hey, man, if I got a piece of this club and the league grows, then who knows, man? Someday this club might be worth, you know, six, eight billion dollars. And bam, I mean, I'm sure whatever he's getting out of it ain't a small part of it. Yeah. So, um, he could pretty, I mean, it's pretty, pretty nice gig to be in a situation where you're like, yeah, I'll just name my price and either you guys pay it or you don't. And, uh, also Pablo, the producer, uh, just said that Apple is doing a docu-series on Messi and Messi is going to get a cut of Apple and, uh, MLS, uh, partnership on that. So that's huge. Uh, it, it looks like he's just doing business deals all around. I, I don't know if the, he's doing them, uh, himself, but. Very smart guy, apparently. Dude, Betty gets a free pair of those vision goggles too. Those those bad boys are coming in at three bills. I think that's actually three. What does she call it? Racks. So three thousand dollars for us uh, lay people. So have you wow. seen those things? No. That was their big announcement. That's their new like big product. Is they got the virtual reality headset? I can't wait, dude. They're supposed to revolutionize how you do a lot of things. Now imagine like, oh, I'm I'm kicking the pitch with Lionel Messi with my goggles on, dude. I can see it. I mean, I bet they've got a big, big thing going on around it. So can you watch sports in those goggles? Apparently, you can do all kinds of cool shit. Like play golf. Like virtual. There's a virtual golf league now. First team in LA. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, did I think you call it virtual golf. I guess it's just like a drive shack kind of thing or whatever the, the – Track man. Anyway, the interesting part to me, a good segue into, you know, foreign diplomacy here uh, has been a topic of conversation. Is like, all right, so you got all this Saudi money 
with Messi. And, and Pablo also brought up a good point about how Ronaldo was in the same spot. He just took the money. And Ronaldo loves money. I don't know much about soccer. I don't know much about Ronaldo, but it seems like a guy that really likes money and who could blame him. Um, driving around like $10 billion, $10 million car. Um, the details that came out about Liv and why this bombshell of an alliance was forged after they just took such this hardline stance about why they would, they hated each other, right? Was essentially because Liv was just bleeding them dry and they couldn't afford to fight them. And if they didn't join them, they were going to get buried. And that's an oversimplification, huge paraphrase. But it's fascinating to me because it's like a blueprint. And I, and I, I mentioned this in our group chat. I was like, well, what happens if they start a football league? And what happens if like all these other players in, in the NFL that feel like they're underserved, underpaid, under you know, running backs are are you're always want long term deals and want money and they the biggest running backs get like forty million dollars. Quarterbacks get forty million dollars a year. What happens if Liv in Saudi Arabia, some other foreign power, creates a football league and starts bringing all the best nine quarterbacks over to the league? Now again. I'm yeah I get it it's just uh, it's highly unlikely it's just interesting to think about if a, if a foreign country can basically come in and buy out the PGA in less than a year I mean that's what happened they showed up they started their league everybody got pissed about it they said we don't give a shit what you think we're gonna take half of your best players and then before you know it we're gonna own your ass or, or you're gonna be in bed with us um the underpinnings here of like what the justification was for the rift to begin with versus like, and it makes total sense to be perfectly fair and clear. Like I, I buy 100% what the PGA is saying, which is like, dude, we didn't want to do this. We had to. Um, it's, it's kind of fascinating to think about like, there's a lot of other things that could be taken over in the, in a similar fashion. Yeah. So sleep, I don't know if you remember, but when, when this live tour started happening, we actually dissected and we looked into how much, uh, the Saudi public trust fund was worth. Mm-hmm. And I think in 2025, it was going to be in the trillions. Yeah. And then we looked and we dissected how much is the PGA tour worth? I think it was even close to $2 billion. Yeah. And so the difference in that, they just, they just don't have financially, um, you know, they can't compete with the Saudis financially. And I was blown away just like everybody else. And we talked about this as to, um, I was a little blown away by a lot of the players reaction because to me, it seemed like what Liv was doing was giving a lot of guys an opportunity to make a lot more money than they ever would in the PGA Tour. And we're also talking about guys who have been grinding it out and, you know, who have families as well. Like the Perez guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I forget his first name, but Perez. Pat. Yeah, Pat Perez. And so he came out and he was like, listen, this is a financial move for me. He's like, I've been out here on the PGA Tour grinding for a decade and somebody offers me more money than I could ever dream of making. And I have a family and it's going to set them up for life. Absolutely. So that's what initially started happening. And then you started seeing guys like, you know, I think Phil was all in from the get. And I think what happened was the PGA was caught off guard because they thought their players would be more loyal. And I thought that the, uh, 
kind of the rift was driven from the higher ups in the PGA to give that kind of vibe out to the PGA players to make, to kind of shame the live players for leaving. But when you look at it, there was absolutely no way that the PGA tour could keep up with the Saudis. And uh, like we said, when you looked at the details and what actually happened, it sounded like the live tour didn't even really want to be that much different from the PGA, although it kind of seemed like it was more of a party scene and loud music and all that stuff. But it looked like all the Saudis really wanted was to be part of the PGA tour. And you know, like we talked about in our group text, I'm not really sure what the first refusal, mm-hmm. first refusal, first refusal, first right of refusal. Yeah. Um, right to first refusal on any opportunity from the PGA tour, the Saudis have, which is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I, I'm not really sure what, what all that entails, but, um, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm the, not stunned by this sleep. I will yeah, say that. Yeah, the legality of it, and, and, and to put it in even more perspective, is is we have a uh, a buddy-ish, like a, 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 my wife's friend is, uh, I can't remember if he's dating or engaged a guy who just made the tour this year. He's been on Corn Ferry Tour. In 2023, this dude's played 17 events. He made seven cuts. you got to make the cut to make money in the PGA. He's made $178,000. Okay, like, and golf ain't cheap. So golf ain't one of those businesses where, yeah, I'm sure he's got sponsors, and I'm sure maybe he makes more than that. But 178 grand. This dude's a this dude is the best golfer that 99 of us would ever be in the same room with. Okay, like, I mean, he's incredible, and mm-hmm. it's 178 grand. Like, if you win a tournament that ain't a major, like, okay, cool, man. Maybe you win a few hundred thousand, you know, several hundred thousand dollars, seven seven eight hundred grand. All right, that's a lot of money. But seven or eight hundred grand, we got dudes making six hundred million dollars. Like it's it's different, right? So so, and I get all the all the backdrop and stuff aside, and like honestly, those those conversations are probably very valid and and, and conversations that are way above my pay grade, right? Um, about the morality of it all, and and of course you could. You know, you could look in the mirror and and probably find plenty. Of, if you're if you're on the outside looking in at America, you probably have a lot of other morality issues, right? So I I 100% get, understand, stand by, and I, I just think it's a. I will still stand by the fact that on the list of like historically bad looks, it, it was historically bad look for the PJ. But now, when some of the deals details come to light, it does start to at least make sense as to like this had to happen. Or the PGA Tour wasn't going to survive. I mean, they're going to run out of money. And people are already talking about how they don't make enough money. Well, guess what? When they're, they're digging into their coffer to help fight this, they said they had already paid $50 million in legal fees to, to fight this thing off, and they'd already dipped into their reserves, which were only $100 million. Um, you know, these are big numbers to <laughs> people like me, right? But, I mean, when you're talking about, like, big corporate entities um, – yeah, that's not a lot of money and not a lot of runway to fight somebody with essentially a limitless bankroll. So um, it's fascinating. It'll be really interesting now to see kind of the sport evolve. You know, people make more money. Will they do things differently? Like, I think the thing about golf, and we talked about it with the Masters. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, just how boring it can be, right? Especially if you don't have a big draw like Tiger Woods or so. So will the sport evolve? Um, you know, maybe everybody sort of the purist is like, oh, well, you know, they're only playing 54 holes and they're doing this and everybody makes a cut or whatever. It's like, dude, if Tiger doesn't make the cut, I ain't watching anymore. 
Mm-hmm. So like you, you just have to look at it from a business perspective. And I mean, everybody's going to resist change. Um, but you look at what baseball did with the pitch clock, right? It's like everybody's bitching about it. People are still bitching about it. The product is better. Like they've improved the game. And mm-hmm. guess what? In two years, nobody, everybody's going to be used to it. When they back the three-point lineup or changed the shot, implemented the shot clock or let people start slam dunking in basketball. Like these are things that people initially get you know, pushed back on. And it makes the game better. And if it doesn't, guess what? You just fucking go back to the way you did it before. Like, it's fine. You got to try shit to, yeah. to figure out what works and what doesn't. And so, I mean, who knows, man? Maybe, maybe this is all water on the bridge in five years and golf is a more fun sport to watch. Yeah. I, and like we said, when we initially started talking about this merger and also when Liv started becoming uh, relevant, we thought this was going to better the game because it's going to make the PGA tour find ways to play the, pay the players more and give them more opportunities. So I'm actually excited to see what this does for golf, but also I think what this does is, you know, you got to keep in mind that some of these big name players, Brooks Kepka and all these mm-hmm. other guys who went over to live, uh, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of, um, motivation to really keep live relevant now Mm -hmm. that they're merging with the PGA tour. So it's going to be interesting to see how they bring those guys back to Mm -hmm. the tour. Uh, I'm going to be really interested and see that and try to follow that. But uh, that is something to keep on the radar and actually watch as this merger happens. Yeah. How the money shakes out for the guys that took the leap and, and, and got paid and you know how they'll live up to those agreements is, is really fascinating and, and will surely be something to follow. Uh, as but well, also, do you forward. think that those guys can just come back over to the PGA? Because it sounds like when they left for the live, they said, no, you guys will never play in another PGA Tour event. Yeah, yeah those rules have got to be gone. I mean, as part of this deal, those they, they, they got to go back on that. Well, I, I don't know about that, Sleep. That's something that I, I'm going to be interested to see. Well, as, a, as an entity, as a for-profit entity, you want Brooks Kepka on your tour. Absolutely. Right? You want DeChambeau and all these guys that left. You, I mean, so like, look, you already backtracked on the, the you got the <laughs> fucking dinosaur egg on your face already, right? Like, mm-hmm. just let these guys come back. Like, that's what it tells me as the average fan is like, yes, okay, all bets are off. Everything you said before amounts to nothing. And again, in a weird way, like, like whatever the dude's name is that runs the PGA Tour, Manahan or something like that. Like, I, dude, I get it. I, I, I completely understand. But dude, but I was gonna ask if that shirt. I've been waiting for you to adjust. I was gonna w- ask if that shirt said the big boys, big Lizzie boys of pickleball. pickleball. This is from God my guy Willie America. in uh, Louisville. Uh, man, this guy sleep. This guy Jesus. is actually motivation. Man, he he's been playing pickleball for years, but man, it kind of changed his life. I met him on the pickleball courts playing in a tournament in Illinois. Uh, and he's a hell of a pickleball player, but man, this dude's lost like a hundred something pounds playing oh, pickleball yeah. and he has hands. Play he can move. Then. So I, I come across him in the tournaments. Great dude. I always dap him up and talk to him. He's a big basketball fan too. So, uh, he, he does the big boys of pickleball. So, uh, he gave me one of these shirts last tournament. And so I actually yeah. like it. I like, I like to rock it a lot too. God, I'm sad that I knew that that shit said pickleball. So as you're listening and not watching, like I, I can see is Tyler's got this shirt on the screen. It says big boys. And then later I see it's got a Z on it. And then later I see big boys of, and I'm like, okay, he's gone full fucking pickleball on me. So, uh, yep, that's what it is. Um, anyway, yeah. Shout out, man. Pickleball coming on. Maybe I'll, uh, Maybe I'll, I'll get in on it. But, hey, Sleep, I had one last point on the mm-hmm. whole PGA. How would you feel 
would you be mad at the uh, the director of the PGA or the commissioner, whoever runs it, uh, the Moan guy? Would you be mad if you're one of the tour players who turned down an enormous contract from Liv because you wanted to stay loyal and you also wanted to show like, hey, they're, the, what they've done, I don't stand for that. It's a lot of money, but some things are worth more than money. And you turn down life-altering money to stay in the PGA Tour. Now there's a merger. How would you feel about that if you're one of those I mean, PGA Tour players? Because I would be pretty pissed off. I'd be pissed, but then if you look at the facts, you have to realize. You'd have to realize, like, you know what? Other people took this bet. I didn't take it. I could have taken it. I didn't. I still stand by what I did, what I didn't do, right? But if you look at the material facts and if they're true that the PGA could not spend any more to keep up, then you realize that like they made a decision that was in your best interest because if they go away, what money you have left goes away. You know, do you really want to sink with this ship? I guarantee you those guys made that decision not because if they ha- I guarantee you that if some of those people thought or knew that the PGA Tour couldn't keep up with it anyway. I, I promise you start asking some of these guys, maybe not Roy McIlroy and the top top earners, but a lot of these guys that didn't go, if they had had any inclination that this might happen. So what I'd be pissed about is did the PGA disclose enough early on enough so that I can make an informed decision about what I wanted to do? Or did they sell me this swan song about how I should stay low to the PGA when certain people knew all along that they couldn't keep up with this? And so that's the part that I would be pissed about. But I think if all, if all the facts were known, I think you'd have a lot fewer hardliners about going to live because they'd be like, well, hell, man, golf might not exist. These guys are going to take us over. That's, that's where I'd come That's in. my whole point, Sleep, mm-hmm. is the PGA sent down and also pushed these players. You guys are actually going to go play golf for, for the Saudis. Look at what they do. Look what they stand mm-hmm. for. They push that rhetoric on the players. Yep. Okay, They strong-armed them, too, into not going and making more money and having a better opportunity. But at the end of the day, they were the sellout. They went mm-hmm. to the live tour. But mm-hmm. you don't see the, the PGA Tour. You don't see people talking about that or holding them to the same uh, level of integrity that these players were shamed when they left to go to the live. Where's all the backlash at the PGA Tour? That's what I want to know is why why all of a sudden uh, this whole crowd that went after these PGA Tour players that left to go to live, why don't we see people coming after the PGA Tour like this? It just seems like everybody's like, oh, hey, I'm just stunned and I can't believe they merged. Well, and the reality of it was they were always going to have to merge because it's a business decision. They couldn't keep up with them. But why Why is now the backlash not happening? I, I, I just don't see that in the media, and I don't feel that vibe coming from all these you know, these all traditionalist golf guys. I agree completely, and I do think some heads should roll in the executive level of the PGA. Like the, the director, whoever this guy is, like I understand that, like, look, you make choices – with the you know in 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 revisionist history hindsight 2020 it's easy to say now that you should have seen that look i'm not saying right or wrong but there's consequences for for outcomes and 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 mm-hmm. actions right and so somebody has to has to take responsibility and if you know there's a lot of people that have had to step down from positions and like you know it's like they were had to make a decision between the lesser of two evils, right? And there was never going to be a good outcome. And there was really probably never anything that was going to save their job. So I am surprised that we haven't heard of any like high profile um, 
you know, changes into the, into the personnel, given how hard line they were. Because mm-hmm. it sure seems like now, you make a great point. It sure seems like now they sat down and realized that the only way they were going to prevail is to win over like the sentiment of golf fans because it really looks like a really shaky argument now to just say, hey, they're bad people. It's blood money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't say it's a bad, I don't mean it's a bad argument, right? Because we were, a lot of people were behind that argument. I, I, I agree with that argument. Okay. But it's very easy for people to be like, all right, well, what about, you know, kids making soccer balls in factories for, you know, 10 cents an hour and, and they sell them here in America and everybody kind of turns their head. Like, yeah. it's no secret that, like, I'm not saying that we're, 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 we're complicit to genocide and things like that, but there's there's plenty of shit that we, we, we don't do uh, on the up and up. And, and that can be said probably for everyone across the world. It's never a perfect picture, but... um yeah, I mean, in, in in hindsight, it's it's a pretty shaky argument, yeah. and, and I think that was very strategic. That they they probably knew a lot a lot earlier on that they were in jeopardy of that. The only way they'd win is if they could convince players not to go, because yeah. once the players started to go, it was over. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's what's kind of laid bare now. Uh, I agree with you, sleep, and also you got to look at. Where the Saudis' money, where their money is invested, and, mm-hmm. and people don't realize, they invest money in Amer- AT and T, all these oh, other yeah. companies. They're they're invested and they have more of an influence in what people think. So uh, all these people out, out here that have been against this and all this and talking all that, really look into the details and see, you know, how big of an influence uh, the Saudis have with their money and what all they're invested in, and. Uh, then it'll really make you open your eyes. We're going to make the hard knocks thing short. Who do you want to see on hard knocks? Absolutely nobody. I'm not <laughs> going to watch a, an episode of hard knocks. Uh, I got a lot. I mean, the only thing I'm watching on TV is pickleball nowadays pickleball. Wow. and the NBA finals. Uh, I will watch get up in the morning, uh, but uh, hard knocks. I mean, I don't know. Sleep. Big Hawk gave up on freaking Ted Lasso after one episode. Uh, I'm after after one season. One season. God, I would love to see the Jets or the Commanders. Those are two. The two of the four teams. I think I mentioned this last week. Jets, Bears, Saints, Commanders. Commanders would be a great story. Okay, Sleep Dog, Commanders fan, probably part of the problem. Do you know I'm a real fan? If I'm still a fan, because it's been a tough life. But we got Sam Howell in there, QB one right now. So uh, the Jets would be super interesting with uh, with Aaron Rodgers coming in. The other two I could care less about, but I would watch if 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 either of those two teams were on there. Uh, only because I looked at it and I wanted to share it. There are five teams in the history of Hard Knocks that made the playoffs. One of which was last year's Dallas Cowboys, and even though they made the playoffs, they were certainly a disappointment. Uh, speaking of American things, there is nothing as American as chocolate chip cookie. Is cookie review time? Sleep Dog from the bakery at the neighborhood food line, $1.59 for a two count gourmet two count chocolate chip cookie. Double stuffed golden Oreo, classic. Uh, Sleep Dog. Is that classic? No, it's not. It's kind of newer. You know, so what we started this thing as is saying, hey, you had to, we're going to review chocolate chip cookies because it's a level playing field. Big Hawk just goes goes all live tour on us and just starts reviewing all these other cookies. Hey guys, also when you eat an Oreo, don't ever eat anything else besides a double stuffed. 
And the mega stuff sucks. Just go buy a cake and eat a cake if you just want all that icing. The double is a good mixture. Uh, I, I do think that the single stuffed, there's not a lot of that. Um, I don't know. What is it in the middle? Is it? Uh, I don't know what it is. But the middle stuff, the cream, whatever. <laughs> Sugar. Yeah. It, no, no, no. This is uh, cane sugar. It's very healthy for you, natural. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and take a bite. You talk about mm, yours. Your yeah, well, see, I made a conscious decision here. They have like a big rack of them. And then they had a little baggie with two in there. I was like, two is probably a wise move because I still got them dusty ass chips ahoy from last week in the cabinet in there. And man. I'm not saying I haven't eaten any of them, even though I gave them a really bad review. So, dollar fifty nine. I mean, the literally the tag says fresh and affordable, and it is both of those things. So this is advertising spot on. This is a six point eight. I mean, just primo. The only thing that keeps it out of a sevens, as you know. I need a size and recipe where I can eat as many of these things until I yeah. feel sick. You start creeping up on three or four of these bad boys, and I mean, you're not you're gonna, you're gonna enjoy it at the time. You're gonna regret it a little later. Oh yeah, and then you're gonna wake up with a tummy ache about two a.m. <laughs> I know what that feels like. I've done that so many times. <laughs> um, got it. I don't know if anybody else does this. It's impossible to open up a bag of popcorn and not eat the whole bag. No, no. And then I get my stomach gets sick every single time, but I still do it. Um, <laughs> I got the, uh, and it hits me about 2 a.m. when I'm like just in bed. I'm like curl, curled up. But uh, listen, the double stuffed golden Oreo is an absolutely phenomenal cookie. You can absolutely get it at any gas station, any grocery store. You walk into in the United slip in, States. Shout out. Do I? Hermie, the, the slip in. Yeah, you can go into, you can you slip on into slip in at Hermie's and you can get you some double stuffed golden Oreos. You're going to be the Portland. governor of Virginia one day, guys. It, yeah, he's, he, I would <laughs> love be to be president. See, <laughs> wouldn't mind seeing that either. Uh, but uh, listen, the golden stuffed Oreo, phenomenal cookie, 7.4. Uh, the only reason I didn't go higher is because you can just find it anywhere. And also sleep dog, these are right up your alley. You can eat 45 of these. Damn right you can. And, uh, the other thing is, I don't know if, do you, do you drink, uh, milk when you have cookies? You know, I'm not a milk guy, man. I'm a connoisseur of cookies. I I love milk. Uh, you know, I don't do the milk and the cookies. Okay. Screw out of that. You you don't drink like almond milk or goat milk. You just drink. Oh, 2%. Okay, great. Uh, All right, hole, great. Whatever. Every once in a while, I'll go into the hole. I don't do the like the hey, you know, I want the almond milk, the the white water, yeah, the <laughs> cashew milk. No, I want milk. I want the real thing, mm-hmm. straight from the cow, baby. Um, I want the real thing, baby. And so, <laughs> so when this is just a little idea, guys, go get you a big glass of milk. All right, you sit down, you grab your double stuff, golden Oreos. You take two of them, you just drop them on in there. They'll sink oh, down boy. to the bottom. Make sure you have a I already spoon. don't like this. Give me anxiety. All right. And then you start eating the cookies. And then, you know, I, I put I put one of these whole things in my mouth. And then I just go take a, a big old squish okay, of the milk. And then just <laughs> softens up that cookie. And I just eat it. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually you just get to the bottom of the glass. And that 
those soggy cookies are at the bottom. You just take that spoon and you start eating those things. Oh my god! Unbelievable! Oh no, unbelievable! It's like cereal. Unbelievable! Oh god! How do you do that? <laughs> um, I just mowed down this two cookies. I tell me, I'm supposed to eat Chipotle right after this. Oh my, my god! <laughs> I got oh. ham bone last night too by accident on some frozen oh margaritas. So. Oh. I'm going to be on my A game tomorrow at work. I can tell you that much. Guys, there's no worse place to eat right before, like, let's just say 40 minutes before they're closing than Chipotle. <laughs> the, they're just the, in there mailing them in. Oh, dude, the cookies, <laughs> I meant the, the chicken's been out for about four hours. It's The rice is about as hard as a missile. And um, they're already Clorox in the, the counters. And then they look at you like. They're spraying Clorox in the barbacoa. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. And the, then. Spray back. This is this is a recent. This is why I'm so upset because I went into Chipotle about 30 minutes before they're about to close. And um, everything was almost like one fourth left, and I could just tell it was a bad decision. I was the only guy, and then they just all looked at me like, "Really, dude?" When I walked in, and they had Clorox cleaning solution all mm. on the counters. Guy goes, "You want anything to eat?" I said, "You know what?" <laughs> no, I, I was looking of, for an application. I thought about it. I think I'm done here, guys. Thanks, so. though. <laughs> and I walked out, and I was just like, "Unbelievable!" Thirty minutes before they closed. Oh man, I can understand like five minutes. Bro, you ever work in the food industry, man? You don't ever go anywhere thirty minutes before they close because everybody in there is like, "Man, this guy." That, that yeah. closing hour is like that's what time I'm trying to be shutting the lights off and going home. <laughs> Not if I own the place, right? You own the place, it's like, hey man, nine oh five, come on in. Yeah, but you work there, you're like, bro, don't you dare tug on this door handle uh, <laughs> and look at me like, and then they want to eat in. That's that's the next piece too. Kitchen um, open? Yeah, yeah. You guys still serving? Uh, nope. Anyway, guys, uh, there you have it. Cookie review. Um, yeah, we covered a lot. We made we made something out of nothing today. Mm-hmm. This is a good pod. Mm-hmm. Um, Sleep dog headed overseas, going to Italy. Mama mia! I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. You got anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe.